Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm like poetry. I rhyme. Hey, hey, hey! Just think, while you've been getting down and out about the liars and the dirty, dirty cheats of the world, you could have been getting down to this sick beat. My ex-man brought his new girlfriend. She's like, oh my god, but I'm just gonna shake. And to the fellow over there with the hella good hair... Won't you come on over, baby? We can shake, shake, shake. Yeah! I mean, I'm Alex. I did that in one go. That was beautiful. It was It was good. I was I was hoping to get some bloopers out of it. I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm, I'm very happy with that. If nothing else, I, I'm proud of myself for that. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So we're talking about The Phantom Menace this week. Yep. I don't really care if it's episode one, The Phantom Menace, or if it's just Phantom Menace, or if it's... I recommend I for the title just putting The Phantom Menace, because people know what we're talking about at this point. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I've done for all the other ones so far, yeah. too. I don't okay. think I've done Star Wars, and I don't know, whatever. All right, I don't so, care. So let me go ahead and get the scores out of the way, then we'll get to the discussing, although I'll probably be doing most of the talking for this one. So Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, directed by, by our good pal George Lucas from 1999. Correct. It has a 55% critic score and a 59% audience score. Those are criminally high. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst <laughs> thing? Oh, hold on. Is this the worst Star Wars movie? No. Okay. Just, just, just getting that out of the way. <laughs> I'm gonna, right, I'm gonna leave that, leave that up to, uh, to future us to deal with. But, yep. <clears throat> um. My worst thing is this movie is terrible. Um. <laughs> Subtle. The best thing is the score. That's 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 not even like. I don't think anything else comes close to that. Is this the like the most obvious case of nothing in this movie is good, so we'll just point to the score? <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> like, I'm thinking of, like, the... I mean, the action is fine, but it's also very... There are reasons you can dislike the action, even if technically it's actually, like, entertaining. Yeah. There, there are a lot of... Re- and we'll get into that. Um, the performances are not good. I mean, Liam Neeson's kind of just phoning it in i i kind of wish he was just like drunk the entire time i'm not convinced he's not but i wish he was just like completely just like stoned or like wasted <laughs> the entire time yeah that he was making this movie just so that he could just be because like his character like the just the character of qui-gon like their decisions or his decisions are like I don't know. The, he seem he does not seem to be a very on the up and up Jedi. I don't know. He makes some he does some sketchy stuff. Yeah. And he's not and, he's not a very moral Jedi. That, yeah, I guess that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. And and like Ian McGregor, I mean, he's not given anything. I mean, you, it, you can't say he's the best thing cuz he gets absolutely nothing to yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. In the next two movies, I think there is stuff where even if I don't like the writing or whatever, I do think he gives a good performance. I mean, I think that and I think that on his side of the the Revenge of the Sith battle, when we get there, he's doing a really good job. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's just weird because you would expect him to be the protagonist here. Yeah. But w- the focus is kind of on him, maybe, and then it's kind of on... Qu- there is no main character to this movie. There's no, like, yeah. protagonist that we are following. Yeah. 
Because no one has a person enough personality to stand out. Yeah. They're all just... They, except, I mean, for, and, except for maybe Anakin, but he shows up halfway through the movie. Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan barely have enough charisma to put together one story. Yeah. And then, like, they, they we follow them around for a while, and then we find Anakin, and then he kind of becomes the main character. And then I guess Kira Knightley's in there somewhere, and, like... Or maybe Natalie know. Portman. I can't tell depending on which. I literally is. have no idea which one is like. <laughs> like I, I don't know who. Is, yeah. is it Kira Knightley the whole time, or is it Kira Knightley? I believe is in the queen position for most of the movie. Yeah, and then Natalie Portman's like, "Oh, I was a servant this whole time. I tricked you." And then the, the like, problem oh. is, it, it sounds like no matter who is like in the queen role with the makeup and everything, it sounds like they have a separate person voicing them over, regardless. So it's huh. the same voice. So you literally cannot tell who it is. Interesting. Also, like, what's the point of of the decoy? Because that ends up not mattering to the plot in the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm half convinced that George Lucas just realized that Natalie Portman and Keira Knightley look really similar, and he was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Can I also just say, just just the, me being the continuity guy, Qui-Gon Jinn is never mentioned in the original trilogy, and Obi-Wan says Yoda was the one who taught me. So, yep. why not just stick with that? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. These are more similar faces than we've ever seen in a movie before. <laughs> I have to get them together. Well, apparently, it's it's one of those things where George Their Lucas... Their faces are like poetry. They rhyme. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he had... And, and this is me reading uh, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. This is mm -hmm. me reading it a couple of years ago. Um, but apparently, this was a case where he just kept rewriting it and rewriting it over and over again. So apparently, at one point, Obi-Wan was the main huh. character, and the story was a lot more streamlined, but he just kept adding things and changing things. Because George Lucas just likes to tinker endlessly, <laughs> and because he has no people telling him, "Hey, we're good to go," he just keeps going until he, you know, he's he feels that he's ready. That's incredible. Yeah, because that's the, that that makes so much sense too. Because it's just like, yeah, with the originals, I mean, he had to make the movie if he wanted to get his idea out there. He had to to go out and work with people and get it done if yeah. he wanted to like actually create this this idea he had. But now that he's kind of like, he everyone's is, going. He is the emperor. He has all the yeah. resources. He has the power to do literally whatever he wants. Yeah, and he can take his lo as as long as he wants, or he can, you know, do whatever. And so yeah. that makes a lot of sense that he would just completely overthink it yes. into a, a jumbled mess like this movie is. Yes. Um. So I guess my worst thing is the rest of the movie. I think I that's mean, what we've established. That that's fair. I that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Th there are so few redeeming qualities in this movie. It's just kind of baffling. Yeah. Although I don't think I hate this movie. I'm just more like in no. awe of it. <laughs> like I, mostly, I'm just amazed at how boring it is. That yeah. That was painfully obvious to me while I was doing this this last rewatch. And I was actually trying to pay attention to the plot and, like, see how convoluted it actually was, which, to be fair, it is. But I was actually trying to keep up with stuff, and I was just like, wait, why do I need to keep up with this? Why does this matter? I, I don't care. I'm not invested, so why am I putting in this effort? <laughs> yeah. Um, My best thing is a very specific scene. Because that's that's all I have to go off of in this movie. Um, 
I actually think the scene where Anakin has to like leave his mother is is mildly um interesting or like yeah. emotionally engaging. <laughs> like it, it's it's just like the the tiniest hint of like, "Oh, I feel something for one of these characters." Like the, like the bit where she's telling him just just keep going, don't look back. Yeah. Like I I like that. And, and That's of course something. and of course part of it is the musical cue. Like it it's sure pretty good um but yeah that's that's all i got that was that was the only moment in the whole movie where i was like i have a slight emotional response yeah yeah so everyone is just so bland yeah (laughs) that's all we got i mean I, i completely forgot that in the finale there's this entire like segment where we're following natalie portman and her guard around yep shooting in Naboo and it's like we have no investment in this yeah like why does any of this matter and part of it comes down to we don't even know what the conflict is really about yeah it's just a vague oh there's a dispute well we'll get into the political stuff because I don't actually think that's that's the biggest problem this movie has to deal with which is the thing a lot of people like to point to where it's like oh just boring politics that's what this movie's focused on which I don't think it actually is. I think that's just one of many problems. The movie is trying to be a character-based romp in the same way that the originals are. Yeah. It's just failing. On every level, completely. Um, like, for as much as people bash the Ewoks, I I genuinely think that there is... It, I think that is a problem because tonally it's too weird, yeah. like we talked about in the last episode. I don't think that... I think there is, like, legitimately entertaining, like, jokes and, like, visual gags and stuff like that that happen when they bring in the Ewoks. Well, I understand the Ewoks and their their purpose in the story. Like, I get what that they're too. going for thematically. Yeah, yeah. I don't get um, most of the stuff in this movie <laughs> and why it's there. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying specifically how we talk about that's kind of the, the precursor to the prequels. Right. Um where you start to see some of that, but at least, like, with the stuff about... Like, I, I think the stuff with... where they think C-3PO is a god, and, like, the, that sort of thing, and then um, Luke uses the Force to make them think he's, like, using their powers on... Like, like I think all that stuff's fun. Like, it's it's entertaining, at least. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really fit in the movie that great, but it's it's something. Yeah. At least there's some reason to pay attention, even if you don't really like what's happening in the movie, whereas this, it's... The, all the characters are just so flat and one-dimensional. I mean, not even—they don't even have a dimension. They're just there. They're yeah. They are they're cardboard given, cutouts. They're given exposition to to you know. I don't know. Should, uh, I don't. My my worst thing is just going to be a cheap shot because you you went ahead and said pretty much everything else. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that the mo- the worst thing was the realization that I had while watching the movie was that oh god next week we have to watch and talk about Attack of the Clones don't mind me that's my worst thing I think that's the movie where we need to let you do it and just kind of ramble and then go into go into a dark room and just ramble about Attack of the Clones for like two hours and then we'll just try and see if we can salvage the audio yeah I'll be throwing things I'll be destroying whatever room I'm in it'll be great it'll be great so so where do we want to start with this (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. 
Uh, we should probably start with the political stuff because I, I brought that up a little bit. Um, yeah. The problem isn't that the political stuff is too complicated. It's that George Lucas has no idea how to convey information to an audience in an effective way. It's kind of... Well, it's kind of like he spends the entire movie trying to convey information to the audience. And failing horror. And it, yeah. And not really... I don't know. So, so the, I feel like everything is exposition in this movie. Yeah. But, but the political stuff really is just like plot devices to get the ball rolling it's not really like it doesn't permeate through the whole of the movie's plot as much as i think people believe it does Mm -hmm. because the idea is that okay there's disputes over taxation of trade routes which automatically sounds stupid for a star wars movie setting that aside so the trade federation is upset by this so in an act of aggression they are stopping um all trade with naboo by forming a blockade around the planet. Which, considering how lush an environment Naboo is, and and they're saying, like, their people are dying, that doesn't make any sense, because what do they need to survive? Like, weird space supplies and stuff? Like, I... Is it that they need food? Porn. All corn. No, no, no. Porn. Oh, porn, okay. That's, yeah, I, I misheard you. Oh, excuse me. We're just going right for the... the... Okay. <laughs> the, the most low-hanging fruit. That's that, that's how the Gungans survive. Makes sense to me. But yeah, this I'm movie's just, terrible. <laughs> yeah, but but the idea is just oh, the Trade Federation's mad. They're forming a blockade around the planet, and then the Jedi have to go stop it. That's that's the gist of the thing. Yeah, yeah. and then you know Amidala's like, well, we have to go plead our case to the Senate so they can stop the blockade. Whatever, we'll try to do it the diplomatic way. And they get to the Senate, and they find out it's super corrupt, and they can't get anything done. Surprise, surprise. So Palpatine's like, oh, maybe you should try and get a, get a new person elected. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, me? So really, the rest of it is just plot devices to get Palpatine into a position of power. But it's the most uninterest, uninteresting possible way to do that, too. Yeah. Which no, is, it is. Which it is. is. Um, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to have, like, Palpatine, if that's going to be a major focus of the movie, like, getting him elected into the Chancellor position, have him be one of the main characters. Yeah. Ha- you know it would be great? If we actually liked him, and, like, if he, like, was throughout the movie and we actually understood his character and what he was about. So that way, when he ends up, you know, we, we get the reveal that, oh, no, he's Darth Sidious or whatever. We actually care. Yeah. Is there... Is, does this movie have something where it, like, hints that he's the Emperor? Uh, yes. Um, at okay. the end of the movie, um, Mace Windu, because Sam Jackson has to be in this movie, even though he's, he gets nothing to do, just like yeah. everyone else. Um, him and Yoda are talking about, um, the rule of two, which is a weird retcon thing that's never brought up in the original trilogy as well. Yep. And then it pans over to, uh, Palpatine, while they're you know while they're uh, burning Qui Gon's body, because they say um they killed the apprentice, but what happened to the master? And then it pans over to Palpatine. Okay. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> well, I was when I was I was thinking of the infamous Jar Jar Darth Jar Jar theory, and I was wondering if that oh was yes the right yes um you should probably discuss that. Do we want to go ahead and talk about Jar Jar as well? 
Yeah, let's talk about Jar Jar. Okay, Jar Jar does not bother me up to a certain point. I do understand that he's he's a borderline like racist caricature or whatever. I like honestly, most of the characters in this I honestly movie. find the Nemoidians more offensive than Jar Jar. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Which is weird because the main guy's called Newt Gunray and George Lucas is a very liberal guy. He's he's made no bones about that. But it, it was the late 90s so he based that character off of Newt Gingrich who was the Speaker of the House for the US, you know, Congress at the time. Yeah. You know, so he's trying to make it political, but I'm confused about what he's trying to do because it comes off as a racist Asian caricature and not a critique of like Newt Gunray or Newt Gingrich. You know? Yeah, I, I, I'm very I confused by that. I think I think he's very confused. <laughs> yeah, by what he's trying to go for, and it's just very odd with these prequels. There's like a very anti business kind of angle because the bad guys are like the trade federation and then in the next one we say like the commerce guilds and the corporate alliance and they're part of the separatists so they're the bad guys george can't be complaining about business stuff that's how he's made his whole fortune yeah i i got nothing i'm very confused by him i am i i don't understand any of the like I guess allegorical nature of these. Yeah. I I don't. I feel like he's far too vague about what it is to try. Like what's happening. Yeah. Just just the actual details of what's happening to. Yeah. Well, see, because because back in 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 the original trilogy, it was it's very simple. It's like, oh, the Empire, space Nazis. Okay, we got it. Yeah. With yeah. this, it's just like, oh, we're gonna try and critique well, American politics, but we're gonna use racist stereotypes that don't match up with with the critique to I, to I guess I don't know it's very weird in the original it's like oh okay so they dissolved the senate now they're the empire cool yeah and then this one's like uh maybe he didn't oh, maybe it's already dissolved well the idea like, is that it's super corrupt so he can take control of it fairly easily yeah but I, the problem is, if that's what the movie's supposed to be about, make it about that. And don't have the thing it, is, like the the Coruscant sh- stuff shows up way too late in the game for us to care. Yeah. Well, the, my thing is just that it seems like there there's not enough of a compelling reason to believe that this man got into power. Yeah. Also, we don't know his relation with the rest of the Senate. Like, do they like him? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like when they're listing off a couple other people that that are being like nominated for chancellor. One of them is is um, Jimmy Smiths. Uh, yeah. Who we haven't met yet. Uh, although, is is it because they say it's Bail Antilles from Alderaan? I thought his name was Bail Organa. He's a clone. In this, uni- in this version of Star Wars, I completely buy that, okay? Yeah. He's a clone of a character we haven't yet met, but who will eventually end up being a character at some point. <laughs> that's that's the most prequel way they can go about introducing somebody. Is that Snoke? Yes. So Bail Organa, is a clone of Bail Organa. Bail Organa is Jimmy Smith, and then Bailey Antilles is, is Snoke. No, 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 no. Snoke is another clone. Oh, Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I follow now. Now I understand. And he came from 
when Alderaan got destroyed, he, like, didn't die. Because he's a clone Jedi. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I... It's about as convoluted as this movie is, so that's... The, the... So... What what is the reasoning again for why they need a chancellor or why they need like executive powers or whatever? Trade disputes. Okay, so so, so the idea is that Amidala wants the blockade removed from her planet. So she's like, "Hey, the Nemoidians have a blockade around my planet, and my people are suffering. Please do something about this." And before the chancellor does anything, like the little lobbyists that are sitting with him, kind of like speak into his ear, and they tell him, "Oh, hey." You should send a, a survey team to go look at the planet to see see if what they're saying is actually true or not. So it's supposed to be showing, oh, they're super corrupt, and they'll take forever to actually get anything done. The point is they don't get anything done. And he's like, oh, well, is it cool if we send a team to, to look at the planet and see the situation? And she's like, no. <laughs> That's dumb, like this movie is. And Palpatine brings up the idea earlier of like, oh, maybe we should say like, we have no faith in the chancellor and we want him reelected or uh, we want a new chancellor elected so we'll impeach this guy so basically it's because of trade speeds yes so yeah it, it th- there's no it's not like there's a war going on and everyone's freaking out and they need to like why is it, gets... why is this specific episode not the start of the clone wars why do we wait until yeah. the second movie to do that yeah, yeah. Because what do we actually get out of this? We don't. <laughs> we get that. We get that Anakin. He's a guy, and he has force powers, and we we knew that already because you know, literally, he's... the the only things we get out of this movie: Anakin become becomes a Jedi Padawan to Obi Wan. That's, and then he likes Padme. That's it. None of nothing else in this movie really. Oh, I guess Palpatine becomes Chancellor. Which they could have just been like, "Oh, look, this guy's a chancellor." He also, if they're gonna, if they're gonna make him chancellor through something as vague and uninteresting as the political stuff in this movie, yeah. why not just have him be like, "Oh yeah, he look the chancellor." Oh no, he happens to be evil. Just make it more black and white and, yeah. and obvious. Like if you're like, just simplify it. If you're gonna do that, well, the, give us more time to focus on the Clone Wars. Well, the weird start thing, from there. The weird thing is, and this goes throughout this whole trilogy. It's like Palpatine's trying to play both sides. As as yeah. Darth Sidious, he's speaking into the Nemoidians' ears, and then as as you know, Palpatine, he's doing other things. Um, and they kind of contradict each other, and it seems like he's just kind of winging it the whole time. This is the classic case of, oh, this villain's had a long-term plan, and you could poke a million holes in it. Yeah, yeah. And it just happens to go his way because the plot needs it to go his way. Exactly. Like, he's constantly telling them to force Amidala to sign the treaty. Like, he's constantly saying that as Sidious. What if she actually did sign the treaty? Like, it, we, ne- we never get to that point, so I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like that would somehow affect his chances in becoming the Chancellor. Maybe a little. <laughs> or maybe it just wouldn't. Because, because I don't... Who cares? Yeah. It... <sighs> So the Dar- the the Darth Jar Jar theory, um, yeah, talk about something interesting, okay? That's not really it's not really played up 
much in this movie, I don't think. It's the, more the, when you take all three of them into account, right? Mostly the first two. Okay. Yeah, because he's Cause the, in the third one. Because the idea is that, like, he gave up on the third one because everyone hated Jar Jar. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, the theory, which I'm sure a lot of people have already heard by now, is that Jar Jar was originally intended to be, like, the... the the Lord, the Sith Lord, or whatever, like the, the, um, and basically he, I mean, the, the, this is based on like a bunch of random stuff where he just does really like weird things, yeah, that are kind of passed off, like the the beginning where he does this like massive leap into the air, um, and none of the other Gungans are shown to be able to have that kind of like athletic ability, like it's yeah. almost like a force jump. Like, when they're um, fighting the droids, you don't see, like, a whole bunch of them doing, like, backflips in the air and stuff. Yeah. there. Yeah, there. there's a part where, I, I believe in this movie, where, like, they're fighting droids, and if you look at it, it could just be a bad continuity error, and it probably is, but, um, it seems like Jar Jar, like, uses the force to, like, jump across, like, a, I, I forget what it is, it's either, like, jump across a balcony, or maybe he throws a droid, like... Like force pulls a joy, so, something weird. Where like, if you look at the the, he's out of frame. But if you look at the shots, it's like, wait, what did he just do? Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's something I want to say in the next movie where he's like well, I mean, bending over. There's also the bit where he gets his foot stuck on the droid, and he starts aiming it to shoot yeah. at other droids. And it's like, yeah. well. I can't tell whether that's supposed to be like a setup for him having force powers or if that's just a stupid cartoony thing because yeah. this movie is allegedly made for kids, although I don't actually believe that. Sure. There's there's too much political nonsense in this movie to have it be, to, to just, just throw the excuse of, oh, he just made this for children. Well, to me, it's just too boring to have an excuse. I, I do think he was trying to go for all ages. Yeah, no, 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 he was. Because, of course, there's, there's the stupid gags everybody likes to point to of, like, oh, Jar Jar steps in, in the alien poop. Yeah. Oh, the, the the alien donkey thing, like, farts in his face or whatever. Yeah. It's... Um, like, really? Those are, the, those are, like, the cheapest possible gags, and we're throwing them in a Star Wars movie. Are you serious? Yeah. Um... The the other thing that really makes me like consider this is, uh, I think it might be in the second movie. We can just talk about it now because it gets dropped. But um, there's like a moment where he is like leaning over and listening to uh, the like the someone's conversation. I can't remember who's. I want to say it's like Obi Wan and maybe Anakin. Yeah. Um, and it's a very like. Maybe that is in this movie. I don't remember. It's a There's very a weird shot. There's a platform with, with Qui-Gon. Is that this movie? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, Although and, it could, there, there could also be that in Attack of the Clones. I don't remember. No, no, no. That's that's what I'm thinking of in this movie. Yeah. So Jar Jar is like very clearly like bending over to like towards them as if he's listening in. And it shows him like stand back up to the side yeah. when, when, they did, when they stop talking or whatever. It's very strange. There's a couple weird things in here where you're just like, wait, what? Um, and the and apparently there is an early draft for Attack of the Clones where Jar Jar was actually supposed to talk like normally. Which he was supposed to come on. <laughs> yeah, 
he was supposed to say some just have like a, a completely normal you know intelligent accent yeah uh that and, and dialect when talking to i want to say maybe padme at some point it just comes he, he just finally kind of reveals that at least he's a lot more intelligent than he lets on yeah um and the theory is that he was replaced in his role was was replaced by count dooku because dooku's kind of just a character who comes out of nowhere yeah uh so that's that's the 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 long and short of it is this movie seems to have a bunch of weird george just seems to be doing a lot of weird stuff in this movie yeah it's and then and, and just like It'd be different if it was just like oh one or two of them, but there's just like a series of small things that seem to uh-huh. add up. It's like, is this going somewhere? Is this is this leading to something interesting? Maybe. And the theory, of course, is that after everyone hated the Phantom Menace, or hated him in the Phantom Menace, Lucas just decided, okay, I, I need to cut this because he yeah. backed down basically because everyone just was so just reviled his character so much which is so weird in, in like his his double standards where some things he'll back down on because mm-hmm. the fans are upset and then other stuff he'll just stick with exactly like the whole and, Han first thing like that he 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 refused to give in on despite mm-hmm. how many fans complaining about it like everyone yeah and then like with this if, if this is true which a lot of things point to it being true I think Jar Jar's voice actor or whoever as well also has been on record saying yeah they, you know the the plans for Jar Jar were originally a lot different yeah um before the the reception came back or something along those lines so yeah it's it's uh it seems that there were definitely different plans maybe not even necessarily to, to be full on you know I think George Lucas just expected people to love Jar Jar. I think that was where the problem came in, is that that's what he wanted was a character who everyone loved and thought was a comic relief and everything. Yeah. And then turned out to either be evil or super powerful or whatever. He wanted it to and, be like, oh, well, like if it were C-3PO in the original trilogy. Oh, like we like this guy. He's kind of amusing. And then he like takes this really dark turn just out exactly. of nowhere and surprises everyone. Which, by the way, the people who go back and, and like they choose to defend these movies by pointing at things that they don't like in the original trilogy, like bashing the Ewoks or saying that, you know, 3PO's too whiny. He's always complaining about things. Like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, again, they all have characters. Yes, and I I know what they're about. I understand their motivations. I don't know what anybody's about in this movie. C-3PO is a kind of cynical um stuck up droid who... he's prissy exactly and while I was in whereas in this movie Jar Jar is just a, a I don't know can I just an say an idiot I mean that's all he do- he doesn't have any sort of real he, he just is clumsy and he messes things up a lot and there's no real and then he just sort of looks and they they have him do some silly stuff that helps him to win the day at the end can I just say and and Mr. Plinkett from from Red Letter Media pointed this out. Jar Jar is the only person in this movie with an uh, with a character arc. Sure, sure. He he starts off as as you know a runaway, and he's he's got like a death sentence or whatever. They're about to execute him, and then by yeah. the end of the movie, he's leading the Gungan forces. Like that's a character arc. Mm-hmm. To a certain degree, nobody else has that. 
Nobody else. Yeah. Uh, which tells you something because it's the it's it's not a good character arc. Yeah. And it's more just like, oh, he just happened to be in the right place in the right time for things to happen to him, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I really hope that the Darth Jar Jar theory is true. That's that's one of my favorite film th- theories. I'm not usually one for for those, and of course, I've complained about the oh the the James Bond name doesn't really mean anything. It's just an identity that a whole bunch of different people assume. You know, I, I've I've already complained about how much I don't like that, but this this one I actually like, and I hope is is true. Yeah, we'll probably never know. It it would have been great if they well, it'd be great if they did it now if they remade the uh, the Force Unleashed games, but you're playing as Jar Jar. <laughs> I want there be a, to be a game, and it, this could be the greatest game ever made, where Jar Jar it's after Episode Three, and he realizes how much he is screwed up by by getting Palpatine elected and he he figures out that he has force powers and he just destroys the Star Wars universe (laughs) I want that game what I kind of do I feel like a game like that you don't even have to necessarily give him force powers but it'd be kind of entertaining to see a game where it's Jar Jar trying to amend his mistakes but it's he's actually a well-written character and they back off on the just they make him they give him more like funny dialogue or yeah. I want to see someone try to redeem Jar Jar. Right. Legitimately redeem Jar Jar. I yeah. want I want to see this. And not just like a like a because I feel like a, the place a lot of people like to go to is because they hate Jar Jar, they just want to see him suffering. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking about the Force Unleashed. In one of those games, you just walk by like one of those carbon freezing things and Jar Jar is frozen in carbonite. And it's like, "Oh, sure. it's a funny little wink." Or I think there's some comic where you see him as, like, a goofy clown or whatever that's getting made fun of. Yeah. It's like... Can, can we actually do something with him other than, oh, he suffered afterwards, and that's it? Yeah. It'd be fun to see someone try to make a, a, a more mature Jar Jar into an actual character with yeah. with motivations. and Yeah. I want to see someone do this one day. Yeah, me too. Do we want to talk about Jake Lloyd now? Yeah. And how this movie destroyed his life. Yeah. I don't even think it's a, it's a terrible performance. I mean, it's not very good. And, it's it's a child actor performance. It's a typical child actor. Considering George Lucas is the one giving direction, I think he is perfectly well, adequate. I think George Lucas is also probably a very kid. I, I do think he he made these movies thinking that they were going to be very... I mean, they were really popular with kids, I guess, because... I mean, they were popular with us when we were younger. Yeah, I remember loving these movies. I mean, I think ten, a lot of ten kids Ten years did. ago, I would have told you all three of these were good movies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I don't I don't remember what I loved about them so much, but they... I mean, it was like, oh, we got new Star Wars, and they're for our generation, and they're great, and we love them. Yeah. I mean, he, he obviously knew what he was doing to some extent. I, I don't think they came out the way he thought they came out. Yeah, but the, as I mean, it's interesting just because everyone freaked out about how Disney was going to Disneyfy the the Star Wars franchise. This these are far more watered down kid movie type things than well, at least the first two. Yeah, the third one. The third one takes it in the, at least the a, third. The third one goes goes dark just for the sake of going dark. Yeah, yeah. Um. 
but this these the the first two for sure are far more kid friendly and dumbing it down and yeah. just kind of being very shallow than the original trilogy or either of the new movies that Disney has made. Or I mean, it's it's funny to me that that was a complaint because yeah, Lucas had already done it. It's but I yeah. do th- I do think I was just reading something where, um, I mean he he did try to be very much. I know after after his divorce he very much, you know, focused on taking care of his kids and was try to become be a very good father and yeah I do think he made a lot of he made this to try and be for kids I don't know I can imagine him being really good with Jake Lloyd as far as directing him and and that sort of thing I don't know anything about I don't know if maybe Jake Lloyd hated the experience but well he I from. From what I understand, he enjoyed the experience. It was yeah. only just after when everybody hated it, and they pretty much blamed him for the movie being bad. Which, come on, there there are much worse things in this oh, movie yeah. than Jake Lloyd's performance, especially considering the things that they should have gotten right. I mean, child actors. It's that's like, that's hard. That's that's hard to crack. Yeah, I mean, if if that's that's one of the things that you would have expected this movie to do badly in is yeah. is the Although, child actor not being that great. Well, can I just say, um, I watched the making of documentary for this, which is very enlightening because I, I think it's actually, it tells you a lot more than it thinks it does because there's just a lot of moments where people don't know what they're <laughs> doing and it's very evident that they're just confused and they're not getting good direction. Thanks, George. Yeah. Um, but there's the whole section where it's about the casting process for Anakin and George has a conversation with the casting director where he goes, well... Jake Lloyd isn't very good at like remembering his lines and stuff, but he seems a lot more natural than this other kid who's like an actual actor. <laughs> it's okay. You you need to cast someone who knows who can memorize their lines and show up and and be able to you know give them back to you, and then That's you amazing. work with them on their performance so you craft it while you're shooting it. You know, yeah. It doesn't that make a lot more sense than the other way around, or am I just crazy? I mean, I get the feeling that this this was such a relaxed. This is the, um, like, software startup that's going to fail in three years of movies. Yeah. As far as the production <laughs> goes, it's it's that's just so the most. It's well, just the most. So George Lucas. Footage, is, there's so much footage of him just sitting there in a chair, just drinking coffee while they're shooting. They're filming like, in a on. giant green box. There's no real actual energy put into the the camera work or anything yeah. they're just like oh yeah you know we're we we're, we're star wars it's gonna be great we're making the star wars movies and we're gonna you know cgi and stuff yeah. and people want the effects and the lightsabers and very flat shooting most of the conversations are shot reverse shot which gets gets much worse in, in the the next couple of movies uh-huh. Uh-huh. um especially I, as there's I will say, so many more i was gonna say as there's so many more face-to-face conversations yeah like like one-on-one conversations there's so many more of those and they're all shot the same way yeah continue sorry um i will say it does seem that there's a bit more just on location shooting in this one sure sure there's there's much less uh just constant green screen everywhere yeah like i i didn't feel any like cgi overload while watching this one the way i do when i watch attack of clones or revenge of the sith Mm mm-hmm and I think the design of most of the world and the way the aliens look and the droids, I don't really have a problem with any of that. I like the droids a lot, actually. 
I wish I, think the, that... I wish the battle droids were a bit more of a threat. Yeah. Because any any time in this this trilogy where Jedi's have to fight them, it's it's no contest and it's yeah. pointless. Yeah. Like there's a there's the bit where they're about to go in the hangar to to get the the fancy silver Naboo ship, and uh, you know the, the the main bodyguard guy goes, "Oh, there's too many droids in there," and Qui Gon just goes, "Oh, that won't be a problem." Yeah. At least well, acknowledge it. Well, if there's no stakes to the fight, then why do I care? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Other than pretty lights, oh, we get to see lightsabers! Yay! Yeah, I mean there there is a genuine sense of I like to think at least that there's a genuine sense of of even even though the stormtroopers never seem to hit anything in the originals, I feel like there's still a general you know feeling that oh maybe there someone I mean someone could get shot like I mean someone well, doesn't Leia get shot and yes she gets shot in Return of the Jedi yeah but but. I mean, they kill Ewoks. We already talked yeah. about that. And they burn uh, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen alive. Yeah. Like, we see their corpses. They're not as comical. Yeah. Which is obviously what they're going for, because, you know, the battles are sort of like, Roger, Roger, oh, no. Like, there's a really weird... I remember just, just picking out a really weird conversation in this movie between Qui-Gon and one of the battle droids. There's some really weird moment where the battle droids... I don't. I don't know. The, the, just the dialogue is very odd, and not. It seems like it's trying to be funny, but it's not. Oh, oh! It's right after the the bit I'm talking about, where he goes to talk to one of them, and he's like, "Oh, we're we're taking the ship to Coruscant," and, and the the droid goes, "Oh, wait, that doesn't compute. Uh, wait, you're under arrest." Yeah, yeah. It's like what <laughs> is that? Is that? Am I supposed to laugh? What? And I, I don't. Are, are, I do like Federation. Is is it? horribly incompetent which makes us not care because they're they're easily defeated yeah they're not they're not much of a threat like what's the point and palpatine is so convoluted that i mean yeah he's supposed to be dangerous but we don't really it's never it he never really seems i don't know i don't know i do like the design of the battle droids i think they yeah. feel like star wars to me because just thinking about how C-3PO, you know, he's he's a protocol droid, so he doesn't really need that much articulation or anything. He's, you know, got this really interesting thing where it's it's basically just uh, he doesn't he doesn't have as much movement range of movement, and the battle droids are made to be more, you know, yeah, uh, flexible and everything like that. And so they're they're smaller and they're more nimble, and they, they they're designed to be able to actively position themselves like a human yeah and i i feel like they're a good extension of that of of what we saw in the originals it's just i don't agree with the way they're played because it's just kind of silly and yeah you know. I, I also there there's i want to say real quick there's a yeah. moment i mean there's there's the little c-3po-esque droid i don't know what his name is um at the beginning that hands quite i think he brings he or she or whatever brings qui-gon and obi-wan some uh like coffee or whatever, I don't right, know, whatever right. Jedi yeah, yeah. coffee. Um, and they, I, I remember seeing that and thinking, you know, I bet if I was just watching this for the first time as like my my cynical self that I am now, I'd be like, no, oh, look, they they did the little Star Wars reference or the the C three PO reference. It's like the originals. That's cool, I guess. Yeah. And then they bring in C three PO, and you're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Also, did you find it odd that they just leave him on Tatooine? Like, he doesn't go yeah. with them? That, it's that like, seems... why is he in this movie? Yeah. 
Why did we need Anakin to build C-3PO? What because George has the rule where R2 and 3PO have to show up in all of these movies to some capacity. Yeah, it it, it, it is very dumb that Anakin is the one that builds 3PO. That's, that's just very stupid. Also, what are they going to do if they ever make an, like, Knights of the Old Republic movie? No, that's, like, the Han Solo movie. How are they going to yeah. throw in R2 and 3PO if they're still going to do that? I, that's... I'm not a huge fan of of that idea. Oh, nobody um, is. I think it's probably going to be better than people expect, but it's still not probably going to be all that good. Um, oh, I mean, just shoving in three PO and R two. I'm not going to speculate oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's 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 a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's um, just it's just funny to me because every time that movie comes out, people are like, "Oh my gosh, it's the worst. It's going to be terrible," and it probably is. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not it. We've already had bad Star Wars, okay? Yeah. yeah. Like, if as far as this is ruining, the gold standard as as for ruining this. our perceptions of characters. Yeah. That as far like by providing backstory, they, we've already hit rock bottom. We can't yeah. do any more any more damage to the Star Wars universe in that regard. So yeah, we already just assume all the backstories are disappointing and we don't need to hear about them. Yeah, I don't know. Can I just say? Why did Anakin build 3PO for his mother? He's a protocol droid. He he like like he can't help with chores. Like as you said before, he's not like flexible. He can't like do a whole lot. He mostly just interprets different things. <clears throat> there's a lot of problematic stuff that happens when they get to Tatooine. Well, just scene by scene, there's just so many things that don't make sense. Like going back to, I was just thinking, going back to Qui Gon being sketch, <laughs> where uh, he like his first reaction is, "Oh, I want you to take this form of currency that you don't deal in, and therefore will be worthless to you." And like, yeah, you're just, I I know I don't know that you're a sleazy, you know. Well, can I can I rewind a little bit there because yeah. he said so they're looking for for a new hyperdrive for their ship so that way they can get to Coruscant. So they walk into town and they go, we'll try one of the smaller dealers. Yeah. And it turns out that the only one they walked into claims to have the only type of hyperdrive that they need. Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah. What if it was like they talked to some people and then they go, oh, well, the only person with that would be Watto. Uh Uh-huh. Like the way that it makes it sound, it's like, oh, Watto's the first place that they looked and they just stopped there. It's so dumb. <laughs> anyway, continue. What, well, I was just going to say, too, it just doesn't... F- thinking back to the Tatooine that we see in A New Hope, where... Yeah. Or even even in Jabba's Palace as well, where it's very dynamic and weird, and there's all this stuff going on that's kind of gross and interesting, and um, I know I know I'm... This is Tatooine in general, and not... Uh, Mos Eisley. Mos Eisley, yeah. so the, the whole planet's not a wretched hive of scum and villainy, but yeah. it's still. I mean, between the the Jawas and the um, the Tuscan Raiders and everything, there, there's all this weird stuff going on, and it feels dangerous and interesting. And where it, you know, it, here, I, it's just the. I feel like the entire planet just gets nerfed as far as how kind of mysterious and. It's again, a, they're they're ruining our perception of things by giving us all this information that we didn't need 
and that doesn't really line up with what we've seen before. Yeah. Um, because then it's just in in this it's just kind of oh, they're walking around a little city. There's not much going on. Yeah. There's probably a do back. I don't remember if he put one in or not, but I'm sure there is somewhere. Probably. I'm sure he wished there was. <laughs> um, the the whole pod racing scene. You know, they're all. And I can, I, I guess I a lot say, of everybody who who says the pod racing scene is like the best scene in the movie, um, is wrong. <laughs> yes. Well, I Although, don't know if it it could be the best scene in the movie. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I mean, whatever. Yeah. Well, but every almost every shot is like panning left to right, panning yep. left to right. Yep. There are so many shots in this this race that goes on for like what feels like five hours. There are a couple couple people who get horribly murdered, which I like because that seems very Star Wars to me. Sure, but the, <laughs> but it doesn't really make sense in this movie. It doesn't yeah. really work. Yeah. But that, that's all I want to say. I don't think the the, the pod race I itself. I don't think is very well handled. It's it's kind of like the the fight scenes, the actual lightsaber fight scenes. It's, yeah, um, which are super choreographed to a fault, and yeah. they come off more as dances than actual fights. Yeah, and well, and, and the big thing is the weight. Yeah, of it, um, in the sense that. <sighs> This is this is definitely the movie where we get the the modern day perception of lightsabers, where it's you know they're they're twirling them constantly and they're like you know flipping and doing stuff and like the the look and the way we imagine people using lightsabers, I think, really comes from this starting in this and then. Although I guess this is there are really only two major lightsaber fight scenes in the, no, I guess there's the Count Dooku one. I guess Grievous counts, kind of. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know, there, there's a couple, I guess. But as far as a straight, you know, this is a lightsaber fight scene between people wielding lightsabers, as opposed to Attack the Clones, where they just sort of attack the droids or whatever. Yeah. And as opposed to... I mean, the Count Dugan one, I guess, and then, of course, at the end of Revenge of the Sith. I feel like the Grievous one doesn't really make as much use of lightsabers. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just saying this... is these movies are why we think of lightsabers the way we do when in the originals it's a lot more they're used like swords yeah um, and they're used sparingly yeah yeah you they're, don't see not, them whipping them out every five seconds like in these movies which makes me sad because it would be so cool if they used the lightsabers the same way that they do in the originals but Darth Maul had the double one like that would be sick if it was yeah. very like like it if it was very um Mountain versus the Viper from yeah. uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. Um, but instead, they're they're they turn into they. It seems like they weigh nothing. Um, they they don't seem to have any real sort of heft in their hand. They they turn into. There's no real world analogy for them, really. I mean, it's. I get. I guess they're closer to kind of a lot of modern interpretations of sword fighting. Yeah, and media, but even then, it's not nearly that extreme as far. They, I don't know. Well, and that's is... and that's why. Well, I was going to say real quick. That's why the dance choreography doesn't really work because there. If it was, if they seemed a lot heavier, then you could justify the fact that it sometimes seems like they have a killing blow, but they don't go for it. Yeah. Um. Or or and I guess if they're Jedi and they're not supposed to kill or whatever, like an. 
Well, that's the problem. The, I don't know what they're trying yeah, to do. I don't, I don't Are know, they trying to but, kill Darth Maul? Because they said, oh, we need to, to get him to unravel the mystery of the Sith. Yeah, I, whatever. Are they trying um, to capture him or kill him? I don't know. It, when it seems like they get an incapacitating blow, um, they don't go for it. If they, if they had... If the lightsabers were being used like swords, it would be like, okay, well, you know, it's it, they can't just immediately... It's not an automatic thing that they can just get the sword down, or the lightsaber down there. You know, they they have to be able to, like, put effort into the swing, and, like, there's a good chance of getting blocked because it's slower and it's yeah. it's heavier. All that stuff would work better, and, and we wouldn't... The choreography wouldn't be as easy to criticize, but because they're so fast and so just meaningless, almost... yeah. It's e- you. You can just look at the 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 fights and be like, "Well, this doesn't seem like it. This doesn't seem like the natural way that this sort of fight would develop." Because it seems like it would it would be over so much faster. They would just yeah. It's so easy to to swing it and and so easy to go for. I don't know. Well, my problem isn't so much at how over choreographed it is, but that that is a problem. My problem is we don't know anything about any of these characters that's who, yeah. so yeah. we feel no emotion in this fight and honestly I don't really care who wins yeah like okay what are the Jedi after like I said I don't know if they want to capture him or kill him or what like that would be kind of interesting if, if they're you know if they're trying to you know keep him from you know they're defending themselves but they're also just trying to, to incapacitate him more than kill him I don't know and then, like, Darth Maul, we don't know what he wants other than he kind of has a grudge against the Jedi from the the sparse bits of dialogue that we have, but we don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very um, confused. Also, he said, let the Jedi make the first move. Darth Sidious says that, and Darth Maul makes the first move. <laughs> Maybe that's why he dies. <laughs> Should have listened. I will say... If I actually cared, the shock of him killing Qui-Gon could have actually been a very powerful moment. Yeah. And it does seem like it's going to be a powerful moment, because Obi-Wan yells, and then you're like, oh, Obi-Wan, like, he has something to fight for now, and he's gonna he's gonna get super upset about this. And then it just goes back to the choreographed fight, and, like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. It's amazing to me that Obi-Wan is in this movie. Because <laughs> it's like... He's given no personality... I mean, yeah. he's he's a major character from the the entire original trilogy, and we're getting this opportunity to spend a lot, like a decent amount of time with him and like getting yeah. to know him. And and Ian McGregor is perfect casting for a young Alec Guinness. Uh huh. Like it's, it's perfect. It's great. I mean, he he just they don't use him at all. Yeah. If if anything, I'm amazed. I'm really confused why he is the one who falls in love with Pat, or isn't the one who falls in love with Padme. Yeah. They're much closer in age. They don't actually say in this movie that Jedi are celibate. That comes later. Yeah. That's not mentioned at all in this movie. Yeah. I just find that very bizarre. Give him anything. Yeah. Like, he has a couple of snarky bits of dialogue because he just seems like he doesn't want to be there. And I'm I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I don't want to be here either. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I I don't know why they put so much screen time on Qui-Gon and like I said it doesn't make any sense with what exposition we've been giving about Obi-Wan's training in the originals but it's it, it's just a huge mess it would be so much better if Qui-Gon just got chucked out of the movie and then which I think this might be a Plinket complaint but um or Plinket 
thing. But if Qui-Gon just got chucked out of the movie and it was just like a, a young Obi-Wan, you know, he, he's fresh from the Academy or whatever, Yoda's trained him and he's like, you know what, I, I gotta... Uh, or you, or he's like, uh, here, go go solve this easy trade dispute thing. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And then he goes over there, or you, like they just want a Jedi guy. It's not, it, you know, just just go take care of that. It's grunt work. Yeah. And then he goes over there and he gets involved in all the stuff, and he finds Anakin. And I mean, that's that's such a better start, a more dynamic and interesting thing. Yeah. To do in and, this movie, but but then you actually have it lead into the Clone Wars somehow yeah. instead of boring yeah. political stuff that doesn't really matter. It would um, also be great if they never established the ages of Obi Wan and Anakin relative to each other in the originals, right? I don't think so. It would be great if Anakin was about Obi Wan's age, and he was like a, a, a what, what's what's riff raff or like he was he was just kind of a street urchin, you know. He's not really, you know, he's scrabbling to get by with his mom and and you know he's never really had a, a father figure or anything like that not because he's a virgin birth a virgin birth but Which, because come on i don't know who has the more more overt uh jesus uh messages george lucas or Zack snyder yeah yeah um but you know and and then obi-wan finds him and there's like they they're they couldn't have like a, a conflict because maybe they fight over Padme or something. Also, you know, it'd be great character if if they had Owen in this movie and they set up Owen not wanting Anakin to leave and go off and join the Jedi, like yeah. he said in the original movies. Yeah, because you get to the second one and Anakin shows up for like an a day, mm-hmm. and it does not connect up at all. Haven't have because Owen. So is he supposed to be Anakin's brother, or no? Well, it, it, it is kind of weird, because Owen's last name is Lars, and Anakin's right. obviously Skywalker. So, I don't know. What are these movies? Whatever. Um, this is the problem when you have... You, you go ahead and start at a certain place and you have a very loose backstory that you don't really address a whole lot. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to go fill in all the blanks. There's a lot of room for error. Yeah. And there's there's a very slim chance for success. And you got to work really hard at it and you got to keep everything, you know, you got to make it all make sense. And George Lucas just didn't care. Yeah. Either Which way, is- I think... It's sad because I feel like this is a lot closer to his original idea of what he wanted Star Wars to be than the yeah. original trilogy, and that's that's just that's sad. I do that's think he's gone through. Me. I do think he he definitely went through some changes in his outlook and his perspective since then. I do, yeah. I do think he was trying to make these a lot more all ages. Um, I I don't I don't know I don't know that this is the same. George Lucas that made the originals. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really believe that, but I don't know. Um, I'm, kind yeah, of I just, of, I'm kind of of the the opinion that he was always pretty incompetent, but it's just he had an, enough yeah. good people around him for the originals that they, they turned out pretty good. I mean, that's that's got to be a factor to an extent, but I do think he's... I do think he, he probably was not so caught up in his own success. Not even like in an being conceited way but just not really knowing where to go with this and not really knowing how to I don't know yeah 
I, okay. I think I think his vision got diluted a lot from between those those yeah. times. Okay, I've I've a couple more big things that I I think we should discuss before sure. before I, I've got a huge list of notes of just small little things that I, I want to kind of go oh my through. Goodness. A la Spectre, uh, and I can't remember if I did that with X Men Apocalypse or not. Just just go. It's not so much complaints this time though. This is just like weird notes that I took. Um, one's the prophecy. Because why do we need a retcon where there's a prophecy and Anakin is the chosen one, apparently? And they don't even bother to explain what the prophecy is or where it comes from. They're just like, it's a prophecy, and it's never brought up in the originals. So, what's the point? These movies would have such a better structure if it was just maybe the first... I mean, either devote the first two or all three of them to the Clone Wars. Yeah. So that we get we get a feeling for... I don't know. It's well, why does Anakin continue. have to be the end-all, be-all of this universe? Yeah, yeah. Why, why can't it just be, oh, he was a super cool Jedi, and he was a good pilot and stuff, and he fell to the dark side? And then yeah. that's it. Yeah. I mean, you can even have him kill off the Jedi. I mean, I guess that's that's kind of the, the, the implication of the originals, is that, yeah, sure, he kills off all the Jedi. That doesn't mean he's the chosen one or anything. He's just... Yeah. Well, the, the whole thing, he's got to bring balance to the Force. Yeah. And George Lucas has, like, a five-minute thing where he's rambling on about how that makes total sense because at the end, after he does everything horrible, he eventually does kill the Emperor and restore balance to the Force. Yeah. So he'll restore balance to the Force after he throws the Force out of balance. Is that is that what I'm getting here? This movie's dumb. All these movies are terrible. <laughs> keep Keep going. Um, I want to stop talking about this movie. Just get it over with. <laughs> okay, so the prophecy was one thing. I can't remember what the other thing was. Um, oh, midichlorians, of course. We should probably address that. Yeah. Um, I don't have quite as much of a problem with with that as an idea than everyone else. Uh, the, the big problem is this is a science fantasy universe, and you're trying to apply... A, a science fiction concept onto this very fantastical idea. Um, it doesn't bother me so much because, you know, you have people that believe in the Force, but they don't have, they're not as Force sensitive as other people. So Midichlorians are just a plot device to explain that difference in Force ability. Yeah. I'm kind, I'm, I'm kind of fine with that to a certain extent. And it's not really brought up again. I think it's brought up, like, in the third movie, like, once. Yeah, I mean, it's not that shoved down your throat as far yeah. as... But, but like, think about, like, Rogue One. When when Donnie and, you know, clearly he has some Force awareness and he fully believes in the Force and all that. Why can't he, like... Be a have... Jedi? Yeah, why can't, why can't he do, like, Force pushes and, like, actual Force abilities? Mm-hmm. You know? Um... And I chopped that down to, oh, well, I guess his midichlorian count just isn't that high. Yeah, like, that's fair. I, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't bother me as much. I get why people don't like it, and it's probably just something that they just shouldn't have explained. Yeah, yeah. I think that's more of the thing, is they just never should have addressed it. Yeah. But I... I don't know. That's 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 not... Like, like, similar to the political stuff, like, this movie has far bigger problems in terms of just base level... I don't know what's happening most of the time, and I don't care about they're, any of these characters. They're symptoms of the, the bigger problems with this right. movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you, do you have anything else before I go into my list of just minor 
things? No, nah, do okay. it. Well, this isn't really minor. I think there was a great opportunity that was completely missed with, with Padme as a character. Um, because... And, and they don't really talk about this in this one. I think they talk about it in Attack of the Clones. They say she's the youngest queen ever elected. Setting aside how stupid it is that you have queens getting elected in this universe, because that's not Naturally. how that works. Setting that aside, what if you had her had, you know, she kind of has an interesting character arc where she starts off like she's young and she's a queen and she doesn't know what she's doing. And suddenly she's got this invasion on her hands. And by the end of the movie, she, you know, she, she learns to be super confident and she becomes a great leader and she's leading all the military forces to take back her planet. Something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's fair. I, I, I feel like that, that could have, that, that, that would have been a really interesting place to go. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny because with Princess Leia, they don't really deal with her a whole lot as a political figure in the original trilogy, you know? Um, it's more of just her doing military stuff with the Rebel Alliance. She doesn't really have to do anything political yeah. just by being like a princess and she's involved with the Sin and all that. I feel like that would have been a good place to kind of fill the void where Padme could have done more of that stuff. Sure. You know? I, I don't know. Uh, but but I, I just feel like just like with let's make Obi-Wan the main character instead of giving so much screen time to Qui-Gon and he's not ever mentioned in the originals, so what's the mm-hmm. point? It, it's very similar where it's like there's a very obvious place to go. I don't understand why he didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so yeah, nobody really ever talks about her being the youngest queen or whatever. And I, I'm very confused as to whether or not George Lucas had that as his idea for this one or if it's just retconned and talked about in the next one I have no idea I don't know doesn't really matter whatever none of this matters this movie's terrible um so Qui-Gon willingly lets this little boy get into a pod race because his midichlorian count is super super high I'm telling you he's drunk the whole time yeah him and Obi-Wan are both good with the force and I assume they have fairly high midichlorian counts though not as high as Anakin of course why can't Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan get in the pod race instead of putting the little kid that we don't know into the pod race and he's never finished a race I have no idea what you're talking about that would be far (laughs) too easy (laughs) like Obi-Wan's just sitting on the ship the whole time give him something to do because we need to set up that Anakin is a good pilot even though you do that already with having him pilot the ship at the end of the movie? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, and I, I do think this is a huge problem with this movie. This, George Lucas is like, oh, you should start with episode, you know, watch it episodes one through six. Like, go in order, you mm-hmm. know, of, of with the episodes. This is a horrible first place to start off because you yeah. have no idea what's happening. You have no explanations for what the Force is or, like, what the Jedi are. And we never really get a good explanation for what the Sith is because the Sith are never called the Sith in the original trilogy. It's just the dark side of the Force. Mm-hmm. So we have no explanations for how this universe works, and this is supposed to be the first chapter. Mm-hmm. Makes I don't see the no problem. sense makes absolutely no sense clearly what they should have done is called this one episode seven and then gone seven eight nine and then go back and start the next trilogy after the original trilogy with one two three 
and then jump back to 10, 11, 12 as, as you continue that next story. I think that would have been that would have been the obvious choice. Makes more sense to me than what he actually did. Because then you would watch it and you would get that original story. You would get that new story, that new the trilogy number three, and then you would get the prequel to that story, followed by the prequel to that story, and then you would jump back to. Like... You need to stop this right now. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just sad because I know like a lot of fans online have come up with like their own versions of how to watch the Star Wars trilogy, and it's like, yeah. oh, watch four and five, then go back and just watch two and three because you don't need to watch one. And, and then watch six. Like it makes no sense, and we should. The fans I, shouldn't have to be doing that legwork. I, I have a solution. Just don't watch the prequels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or if you kind of feel like it, watch episode three. Maybe the correct way to watch Star Wars is four, five, six, then then seven. Rogue One is a better start than any of these prequel movies are. I'm they not, explain it. It. it, it it has the same flaw of it doesn't really explain what's going on with the Force, the Jedi. Does it not? No, not really. Does Donnie Yen not? I mean, he talks about it a little bit, but we don't get, like, a formal explanation kind of, of what the Force is. I kind of like that approach, though, of, like, at least it gives you more to get... Because it's not, like, full-fledged, it gives you more to work off of as far as... And now I'm, I'm completely just talking about Rogue One, but it gives you something to work off of as like, oh yeah, here's this guy and he believes in the Force, but what is the Force and what does that mean? And like, it's at least something interesting that gives you questions. Yeah. And, and it, you, it, and it's, it's, the, it's the lesser of two evils. Questions that eventually <laughs> get answered, and so you're like, oh, okay, so where's this going? And then, as opposed to this, where it's just like, yep, there's a Force. I'm trying to use a Jedi mind trick, because you all know what that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so my next point why does Watto need Shmi what yeah. what does she do for Watto like why is she his slave he he can't they don't allow child slaves and he needs her son to build a pod race so if or a pod a pod whatever so if he's if she's his slave then he can control him too because he controls her money Watto is a, a more clever slave driver than we've ever had before. <laughs> you guys will just say, the fact when they're like, oh, we have little bombs in us that blow up if we try to run away. That's so dumb. Yeah. And and yet they, they feel the need to waste time explaining that detail, yet everything else that we need to explain, just, whatever, it's fine. This is Anakin. <laughs> he climbs things. <laughs> no, the... This is Anakin. He fixes things. <laughs> He's good at fixing things. He's an inventor. <laughs> he, invent he fixes things. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All the terrible movie yeah, references. They never explain what Shmi, like what her purpose is. Like what does she do? She's just there. I, I don't think you want to know. Oh god. Don't <laughs> uh, stop. Okay moving on. <laughs> I already brought this up briefly. But I, I still want to know, why exactly are the people of Naboo dying? I think we've addressed this. They don't have their porn. <laughs> yes. Setting that aside. <laughs> <laughs> why else are they dying? Yes. Like, seriously, it's like a really I... lush planet. I don't I, I don't understand why, why they're dying. If it was like Tatooine, also... and there's a blockade around Tatooine, then I understand. 
Also, how many Naboo citizens do we see that aren't Padme or soldiers? None of them, because because by the time we get down there, the blockade's already there and the invasion started, and I guess everybody's just hiding. <laughs> Where? We, we only see citizens at the very end with that obnoxious parade. Oh, right. Because the movie wants to make us believe that, that it was actually about the Gungans and the people of Naboo coming together, yeah. even though it's not actually about that, so why is that the end of the movie? I don't know what you're talking about. Because it's a Star Wars movie. They need to celebrate at the end. Even though the best Star Wars movie didn't do that. The Gungans are missing for, like, half the movie. I mean... They're they're missing for the be, middle half. The, the, you cannot have the last bit of your movie be trying to convince the audience, oh, this is what it was about. No, see, that's going to be the prequel to the prequel. There's going to be a whole thing about how the Gungans and the... The Naboo people are fighting because it, it'll, the Naboo... be, it'll it'll be a part of Jar Jar Binks, a Star Wars story. Yes, the Naboo people are uh, they're starving, and so they need to eat the Gungans for. <laughs> for... <laughs> it's the in betweenquel. Yes, <laughs> I kind of want to see that. <laughs> but seriously, just give me something. Give me like, oh, we need more food. Like, it still doesn't make sense, but at least I understand. Yeah, yeah. Or just, like, I, I don't know. Like, we need we need stuff to power our giant engine generator room where the Jedi and the Sith will have their fight. Makes no sense! I don't know how we're going to survive without, survive without people bringing us, you know, energy and food on this lush planet with a clearly highly advanced generator system... And... Which, what does that generator do, room do? Like, th there's the weird, like, hallway thing where it's like the red shields show up and they can't go any further and then they'll just disappear after a few minutes. It feels like a video game. That whole last bit with of them fighting. It, it's like a video game level. Yeah. Yep. I, oh, God. Um, oh, and, and go, going back to the prophecy and the midichlorian stuff... There's a weird line when they're ex trying to explain somewhat how the prophecy works. They say the chosen one is conceived by many chlorians, so that goes along with the virgin birth. Like what? That's <laughs> what? <laughs> that's that's Palpatine's uh, alter identity. That's 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 what he calls himself <laughs> when he goes down on a Tatooine. <laughs> Well, that's actually something that he, that he talks about in the third movie. He's like, oh yes, Darth Plagueis could even influence the midi-chlorians to create life. So there's a weird, like, subtext that, that Palpatine actually caused Anakin to be born, which is horribly creepy. Cause. <laughs> it was midi-chlorians. <laughs> I promise. Oh, God. Um, but yeah. It, uh, this is just me going through my notes, so I'm a little scatterbrained here. Um, this might actually be me and my worst thing, not just, oh god, we gotta watch Attack of the Clones. I might amend this. This movie, and, and like going along with the ordering that I was explaining earlier, this depends on the audience having too much pre-existing knowledge of how the Star Wars universe yeah. works. Despite contradicting it at every turn. Yeah. I mean, like Even you though said, it's, it's episode it's... one. It's played as if you're supposed to have watched the original three first. Yes. Yeah. And even then, yeah. there's a million contradictions. Yeah. 
it's so baffling. I don't, I don't understand. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the end of my points. I, this movie does not work really on any level whatsoever. Yep. The special effects are okay. I think for the most part, other than like Jar Jar and Boss Nass, I think they hold up decently. I think some of them look real bad. Jar Jar looks real bad. Yes. I think mostly it's just like some the them... wide shots of the landscapes and a lot of the ship flying in space shots. I think mm-hmm. they look very nice. Yeah, like that so, bit some of it. Where they fly, and it's the wide shot where they're going to Coruscant, and you see Coruscant. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. That's some nice visuals. That's Yeah. Some of it say. looks... Some of it does look good. Yeah. Um, I don't hate this movie. Um, like, when I was watching it, I wasn't so much angry. I was just bored. And this was me actively trying to pay attention to what was going on in the movie. And I was just bored the whole time. Um... Do we have anything else to say, or do we want to just go ahead and go to grades? F. Oh, you're... <laughs> okay, alright! I have I have nothing really... Re- I mean, we've been over it, but, like, I have nothing really redeeming to say about it. Yeah. Can I also just, just say, I have I have one more minor point. Um, Like, you were talking about with the battle droids and how you felt like that was a very natural inclusion, and it felt like it, it was still fitting in with the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. The Naboo design and costumes were bothering me a bit. Like, especially, like, the way Amidala was dressed. Like, they're very, like, almost sci-fi meets Shakespeare-type clothing. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't feel like Star Wars at all. Yeah. That that felt very odd. And then, like, when we go to see how they're dressed on Coruscant, like, it... it uh Oh! That leads into another point! See, this... this it, it's like a row of dominoes. I, I just keep going... <laughs> Okay. Why are the Jedi dressed in those specific robes? Yeah, no. It makes sense for Ben Kenobi, who is stuck on the desert for 20 years, to be wearing that. Because he's in the desert. But you're telling me now, through retconning, that that is the official Jedi robes. I wish that the Jedi in these movies wore knight's armor. Or like something just straight like up. that. No, no, just, yeah. just straight up, just like medieval knight armor. It would make more sense. That would be sick. I, w- I want that instead. I want yeah. that movie. <laughs> I, 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 it just really bothers me that, yeah. once again, it's like pre-existing knowledge of the Star Wars universe. It's it's playing on the, the icon- iconography of the original and just being like, uh, yeah. uh here's stuff. Yeah, without without for, actually bothering all, to make sense. For all the com- the people I've seen complain about Force Awakens and Rogue One for doing stuff like that, these movies do it far, far more. Yeah. Well, it goes to the um, you know, it's like poetry at rhymes where George is explaining oh that the, how they they're they're like mirrors or the the, ri- the ripple effect, um, where it's like oh Anakin has to destroy the control ship at the end I think- it's like because it's like Luke destroying the Death Star at the end of of the first one. It's I think like, you mean. I think you mean, it's like poetry. It rhymes where Taylor Swift is explaining how you could have been getting down to this sick beat. I don't know what you're talking about. No idea whatsoever. <laughs> ah, you've got me. You've got me caught caught in a rough place here. I'm not sure if I, I want to fail it or not. I have no reason to to, to give it anything above an F. Yeah, I, um, it's on it's on F minus. It's just bad. 
the, the one thing keeping me back from saying it's an F is it, I wasn't angry. Like I said, I was just bored. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not that's, sure. That's why I gave it an F and not an F minus. Yeah, we'll see next week. Okay. Um. Yeah, it just does not. The, it, I I think my my true measure of giving it an F is: Do I ever want to watch this movie again? No, no, I do not. We're going F. <laughs> oh, I give I give movies like that D's sometimes. So that's fair. That's, that's but it's your... a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and it's like. Yeah. Well, uh, just, just you know, for for us, there's a lot more nostalgia tied with Star Wars, where it's just like, oh, we're a bit more accepting of at least rewatching things more so than, you know, fully enjoying them. Yeah. Or, or thinking they're, they're works of art. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have no interest in watching The Phantom Menace ever again. Yep. And it kind Same. of sickens me that I own a copy of it. Yeah. It's similar to how I felt bad for owning the first two Transformers movies. <laughs> Or it's oh, just right. like, you did that, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. Yes, I did. And it's one of those things where I feel like once we get to Revenge of the Sith, I'll, I'll be like, eh, I don't feel quite as bad for owning this. Just like with Dark of the Moon, where it's like, eh, I'm, I'm okay with owning this. I don't feel quite as bad about it. Yeah. What did I give Jurassic Park three an F plus? Is that where that came in? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not giving the, I'm not giving this movie an F plus. I was just wondering. Well, at least there was some minor, like, stupid entertainment value from that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did not care for this movie at all, and it's really sad. And I I am so glad we weren't old enough at the time where it's like, oh, we camped out and waited for the Phantom Menace because it was going to be the greatest thing we had ever seen in our lives. And then we and then we, we would act delusional for the next, like, five years saying, oh, yeah, we liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Jar Jar was kind of dumb, but, you know, it was good. Yeah. Like, I am so glad we weren't a part of that. Because we probably would have. I mean... No, yeah, we most certainly. Yeah. And I, I just feel bad for the There's... people who were, ca- were caught up in the hype for it, and then just to be disappointed like that. There's a very, uh. a very obvious reason, or that's the very obvious reason why we don't record this podcast immediately, like, immediately after watching yeah. films that fit into a franchise. Well, because... once again, it's it's like with Spectre or X Men Apocalypse. I would have been given those like like B's at the very least. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, you know, and just over time, I, you know, we we both had our say on those movies. We have tons of problems with those. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, yeah. We 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 don't do it right when we see the movie because we want the hype to sort of die down. That way, we can sort of actually digest it and try Either, and pick it apart. I mean, yeah, just, hype, good or bad. Like either yeah. way, I would like to. Yeah. Or even something like Dark Knight Rises. After immediately after I saw that, I would have told you A plus plus best movie ever made. Blah 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 blah. And now yeah. I, you know, I, I still really enjoy the movie and I gave it a good grade. But you know, yeah. it's yeah. it's sure it is it there there is a bit of difference. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Next week we have to talk about Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I think you mean you have to talk about Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, I, I like to think. That, that that like we're we're gonna start the Skype call and and we're gonna start recording. You're gonna do your opening bit and then you'll just walk away, <laughs> and then Probably. you'll just leave me here to ramble. Yeah. Can we just have the sand monologue on a loop for the whole episode? Sounds good in the background. <laughs> in the background, yeah. Just 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 constantly. Oh boy! All right, you can find us on iTunes <laughs> at Here Come the Sequels. 
And find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can find us uh, through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And we have a website called herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. Yep. That's all I got for you. That's all I got as well. I don't... I don't want to. I don't want to do next next week's episode. After that, it should be fine. Revenge of the Sith will be fun to talk about, but I don't want to talk about Attack of the Clones. Does anybody? This is very true. Stay rogue, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs>